This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show comes from April the 8th, 2014. Two Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famers, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. He's in talking ham. Second segment, Sam the Cooking Guy. He's in talking a one-armed chef, an electrocuted bear, and some Mother's Day ideas. I said that right. Let's get right to it. Here is Greg and Meathead to kick us off from April the 8th. 2014. Shall we talk about uh, ham? A little Easter ham. It seems to be uh, coming up. Uh, the 20th, I think, is Easter. Uh, like it could be. Something like that. I think it's uh, coming right around the corner. Well, there's... Um, it's really confusing. There's a ton. I, I started to make a list in preparation for the show of all the different kinds of hams out there. And it's really a long list of different kinds of labels with different kinds of uh, production methods. But you can pretty much divide them into three categories. All right. Fresh ham. All right. First of all, a ham, to be precise, is the hind leg, the rump all the way down to the knee of uh, a hog. Now, there is something called the picnic ham, which is from the shoulder down to the elbow. But it's truly not a ham. It's just called a ham. But the real ham is the rump. And that rear leg, the calf, the uh, not the calf, the, uh, um, uh, the thigh and the uh, hamstrings and all the way down to the knee and the rump. And so that's the ham. And um, uh, there are a variety of ways of uh, buying it. First of all, you can get fresh raw ham just like you would any other piece of pork, pork chops, pork loin ribs. It's raw. And uh, we'll talk about how you might want to cook that in a minute. Uh, so there's fresh ham or raw ham. Um, then there, the, the, the second type I want to talk about is called dry cured ham. Dry cured ham is like um, Italian prosciutto or serrano from, Italy, uh, uh, from Spain, um, Bayonne ham from France. This is a ham that has been coated or buried in salt. Um, and the salt uh, prevents microbial action. Uh, it pulls moisture out. It kind of dehydrates it. It also penetrates. Salt is one of the few compounds that can really penetrate meat. I mean, sugar, garlic, ah, those are prosciutto hams. Um, I took that picture in Parma, where they make prosciutto de Parma. Uh, at a prosciutto factory. Parma, I Ohio? What did you say? Parma, Ohio? <laughs> no. I, you know, I forgot there is a Parma, Ohio. You're damn right there. Parma, Italy, which, uh, which is one of the it, – it, it, it's one of the great food places in Italy. Um, you get uh, Parmigiano-Reggiano, Parmigiano and Reggiano, Parma and Reggio are two little towns, and that's where you get the, the queen of cheeses um, and also – um, uh, from a nearby, nearby Modena, which is right around the corner, you get um, a balsamico vinegar, and the real balsamico is so far different than the stuff you get in the grocery stores, but that's another topic for another night. So, in any case, 
prosciutto, uh, which is packed with salt and air dried, hung for some, around 18 months, I think. Uh, um, and uh, usually it's served crudo or raw. It's not cooked in any fashion, it's just cured with salt. The salt penetrates, the salt kills bacteria. Um, now, the reason the um, cut end looks white is they do rub lard and salt on that cut end um, uh, when it hangs. Um, but uh, and, and you can see the skin and the fat layer are still on it. And uh, there's a whole mystique about the temperature of the air and the wind and all that stuff. It's pretty cool, though. Like, visiting one of these places is amazing, and the whole process is fascinating. I had a real blast there. I spent the whole day there. Um, and then we tasted a whole bunch of fun stuff. It mm. was just outstanding. Um, so um, those are dry-cured hams. And among them is Virginia ham and Smithfield ham. I've seen them dry-cured like this in South Carolina. It can be, uh, they do it in Kentucky. And there's this whole burgeoning industry of what we call country hams in this country. Some of them are done very much like pr- prosciutto. There's a place in Iowa um, oh God, well, I'm drawing a blank. Somebody in the message board, uh, remind me, what's the name of the place in Iowa? Dubuque. Uh, <laughs> no, the no. name of the company oh. that makes this stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but, um, Duroc? Uh, say again? Is it Duroc? No. no, no, that Duroc is a, is a hog. Oh, right. That's a, that's a type of hog. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think of it. Uh, this is what happens when you get old. Honey I bake. have this theory that gr- gray hair is gray matter that just leaks out. Right. Um, and uh, um, so um, uh, there's a lot of that prosciutto-style ham being made in the U.S. Um, some of it is smoked um, in Italy and Spain and France. It's usually not. A few of them are, like speck, which is from northern Italy. And I had my first taste of speck about a month ago. And it was amazing. If you guys can find speck, it is like prosciutto, only it's smoked. And it's wonderful. It's, it's kind of like bacony, you know. It's really sweet. and Oh, it's amazing stuff. And it's, they shave it real thin. You can almost see through it like window pane. Um, look for speck, S-P. It's made from up near the Austrian border of Italy uh, in the Alto Adige where there's some very good wines. Um, so in any case, dry-cured hams are made by rubbing salt on there. And then there's wet-cured hams. Um, we call those city hams sometimes, country hams, dry-cured, city hams. Um, that's a raw ham. Hold on. I got the other one. Yeah, that's there a raw is. ham. And this is, you know, your, that's your wet-cured ham cooked on the grill. And uh, that's, that's the stuff that you get in most grocery stores, your, your spiral-carved ham. And they're either s- submerged in a brine, but most of them are injected with a brine. And they've got this device with a bunch of needles that injects a brine into it, and that cures it. Curing is the process of salt uh, being uh, injected either chemically, you know, through uh, um, uh, chemical means working its way in or being injected, and, um, uh, and that preserves it. And so most of what we get in this country, especially those big, bright, bright pink hams, uh, are wet cured hams or city hams, um, and they usually get that bright pink color by the addition of what's called pink salt. And pink salt has um, uh, preservatives in it uh, um, that are used for hot dogs and corned beef, um, and, and it, it produces nitrites and nitrates. And anybody who is really freaked out by that, 
I really did some good research on this, um, and I dug up all the literature I could on it. I have an article on my website about nitrites and nitrates. And all of that, this is just such a classic case of how the media doesn't cover science very well. Um, uh, the, um, there was one research paper in the 1970s that implicated um, pink salt and nitrites and nitrates in, um, uh, as a, a car- carcinogen. It has since been disproven a, a dozen times, uh, but you just don't hear that. Um, there's as many of those compounds in spinach as there is in a hot dog. Huh. Um, it, it's in our rain. It's, it's, it's all around us. We ingest it all the time. Um, and it is, uh, I mean, it's like anything else. You eat it all the time. You eat hot dogs three meals a day, and it's probably going to get to you. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it, 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 it is of itself not a real danger. Now, those are the three big categories. You've got raw ham, dry cured ham, and wet cured ham. Yeah, there's your raw. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Hit the trigger. Dry cured. Uh, oh, shit. All right, lost, don't worry about I it. I lost the other one. Don't worry about it. Um, now, uh, there are a whole bunch of other types that are subcategories, like Bayonne ham which is from France, and it's a dry-cured ham from France. Um, uh, boiled ham, which is a type of canned ham. Now, canned ham, which comes in a can, you've seen it, that little Spam. rounded triangular, it's about three pounds. That's made from scraps of ham and pork that's been treated and injected with a brine and cured and then canned with about 10% water or broth added to it, uh, and it's shelf-stable. I mean, it's the kind of stuff you want to put in your bomb shelter. Um, I don't know how many years. They say three years. It'll probably last forever. Um, and uh, you, it doesn't have to be kept refrigerated. Um, now, that is yeah. not to be confused with spam. No, spam, I, you know, I really should know exactly what spam is. I'm sure right. some of it, it's, it's, it's a compound. Uh, it's like a, it's like a um, pate. It's um, different uh, chunks of meat ground up and smashed up and stuck in a can. Uh, maybe they should call it pate. Um, now, have ham you, steaks. Have you ever had uh, spam? When you buy, buy ham steaks, that's wet cured ham. Usually it's got a little round bone in the center. Right. That's the... Um, uh, the the thigh bone, um, and uh, uh, that's just cr- a cross-section of the ham, and it's usually bright pink, and it's been cured, and those are great on the grill. You just toss them on. They don't have to cook them very long. Now, those are, are, are often pre-cooked, and you got to read the label. If they're pre-cooked, all you got to do is heat them to 140. USDA says 140 is fine. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we kick off the second segment, I got a question for you. Are you following the Barbecue Central Show on social media? It is easy to do and much appreciated. Whatever your favorite platform is, you can go to BBQ Central Show on Instagram or at BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitter. Again, very much appreciated. Give the big show a follow. That said, let's jump right into the second segment today. Uh, my next guest is a host of his own radio show, a host of his own weekly, uh, three times per week, by the way, uh, live uh, webcast. And uh, you can find him here on the show every once in a while as well. Let's welcome back friend of the show, Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam, how are you, buddy? 
I'm excellent, my friend. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Thank you for asking, Sam, as always, and appreciate the time that you make for the show. A uh, couple different things that I would love to talk about tonight. Bring it on. And I want to make sure, so when I start to forget, as we get deep in conversation, remi- yes, remind me about Mother's Day, because we don't want to miss that. No, we don't. I mean, it's a little early, but little. there's things to talk about. The last time you were on the show, we talked for a moment about two things, paraplegia and $5 million, and if that was a discussion starter to take the non-use of limbs for cash. And you said wasn't even a discussion starter. So let's revisit quickly, if I may okay. sweeten the deal a little bit, by offering you $4 billion. Are we in the ballpark now? $4 billion. And what am I losing for that exactly? Arms and legs. Quadruple. I, I, don't, I don't want it. Still, I don't, I don't want the money. Wow. You know, for $4 billion, you could probably buy, like, the, uh, the bionic arms and legs. Yeah. And be $4 billion to the rich. You know, uh, we had a guy on the live cast a couple weeks ago. His name was Eduardo Garcia. Yeah. And he's a, a chef who met with a unfortunate circumstance out in the woods of Montana. Ooh. He came across, uh, hunting by himself, he came across <laughs> what looked like a, a little pile of fur. Yeah. And he was smart enough to know not to just touch it with his bare hands for fear that it was alive or would bite or whatever. Right. So he took his hunting knife and he poked it. Little did he know that it was a baby bear oh, no. that had already died from electrocution and was sitting in water with the wires underneath it. <gasps> and the knife, exactly what you're no thinking. No way. Brought that electricity oh. into his body. came out nine different places. He lost his left arm at the elbow. Oh, wow. There's a picture in the live cast of uh, he and I standing together in my kitchen, and he's holding uh, Louie. I've never seen an attitude with anybody like this before. Gracious guy, humble guy, looked at it like, well, this is just part of it, and I need to go on from here. Having met him and listening to his story, which is really interesting, losing an arm or a couple arms and seeing how he does with it, maybe, but everything, Greg, it's a very substantial game changer. There he is. Yeah, I mean, this, it's, uh, and there's that chicken sandwich. I mean, this, um, the, uh, I'm still finding it incredibly hard to believe that uh, he would find this bear, take out his knife, the bear, how does the bear get electrocuted? I didn't even know there was electricity in Montana. Standard speech to people when it comes to Mother's Day is this. Anybody can take money out of their pocket and go buy a meal and take somebody out for a meal. But when you cook for somebody, that's now coming from your heart. And not to get all teary-eyed and emotional, I really mean that. And people people will say to me, you know, do you think think, uh, people are scared to cook for you because you cook on TV and professionally and blah, blah, blah. Say, I'm honored just to have somebody make me a grilled cheese. I would love to have my mom here and to be able to cook for her. I think, and even if you don't cook, you can figure out something. A, it's going to be less expensive. B, it's going to be a lot nicer. C, it's going to mean a thousand times more. And don't forget, Mother's Day is just a crapshoot when you're out there with a billion other people that have not taken the time to, to cook. 
Do you have a go-to recipe or something that you would suggest if somebody said, "Ah, eh, you know, I'm I'm okay in the kitchen or, or outside or you know, however they're going to cook it"? Do you, do you suggest one or two things? Uh, uh, I think that uh, I think brunch is a is an ideal thing to do for Mother's Day. I think it's easy to gather around. The pressure is off with a brunch, uh, unlike it is unlike it's there with a dinner. I don't know why, but the nighttime. Cooking seems to bring more stress with it. Yeah. Brunch is a lot more, you know, relaxing. It's it's much more forgiving. You can blend things that might not normally go together. And I would say there's a there's a frittata recipe on my website. Bacon, spinach, mushrooms, that kind of stuff. And a frittata is really just like um like a quiche, but a little bit more substantial and there's no crust on it. And you can make it very easily in a pan, finish it in the oven. You can do it all on the stovetop if you want. Cut it into wedges, serve it with some sour cream, a little salsa or something. It's, it's really wonderful. In fact, it's almost like a casserole that you could actually make it the day before and just reheat it and take all the pressure off yourself. I think that's a great that's a great thing to do. Everybody can make a little French toast. There's a banana bread French toast recipe on the website that's super easy to make. Make it with a box, a package, a box package mix of banana bread. You just make it, cool it, slice it, dip it in the little egg, you know, milk thing, little Grand Marnier in the pan, serve that with it. It's wonderful. Uh, now, when you come up, I'm always I love asking the people that make the recipes. Like I'm not recipe yeah. guy. I mean, I'll cook. I'll cook a recipe that I see you make if it's visually attractive to me. I'm like, well, I'll get that recipe and go out and buy it. But you're the guy that is walking through the store or seeing what's left in the house or right. seeing what's in your pantry and coming up with something. Yeah. How, how does the mind work for you mm. to come up with recipes? I guess it depends. I mean, if I'm shooting, you know, if I'm shooting a show or live cast or something and I got to think up something first, I try and think about what I haven't done in a long time. But somebody might say, you know, have you done eggs? And I go, no, shit, I haven't done eggs for a while. Maybe I should I should do some eggs. My mind always goes to kind of what people can really learn from first and what might be super easy to grasp. I did hard boiled eggs on the show once. And, and my wife, Kelly, said to me, like, Honestly, do you need to show people how to make hard-boiled eggs? <laughs> yes. And I said, well, you know what, baby? I remember when I figured out how to do them without ruining them. And ruining them to me is undercooking, and so they're weird inside. Or overcooking, so the yolk is like a rock, but then there's that, that dark gray yeah. ring around the yolk. Yes. That's not supposed to be there, and that's just a, a factor of overcooking them too much. Uh-oh. Yeah, I saw the eyes go. So read the recipe on the website. But – that single hard-boiled egg recipe, I don't know how many thousands of comments I've gotten from that. People coming up saying, thank you for showing me how to do that. So I don't know if this is answering your question or not. Um, I, I, was given, I was given a really beautiful one-pound tin of uh, this amazing rock uh, crab meat from Baja, California. Guy gave it to me uh, yesterday. Huh. And I was shooting live cast, and I go, i got to do something with that. So my mind starts going to what things I could do with crab. And I've done many things in the live cast with crab. So I'm trying to think about something that is going to be easy, that's going to be delicious. I like to do easy because people can get their head around that. I like to do delicious and stuff that looks – so I ended up doing crab enchiladas that have like, like seven ingredients, I think, in the whole thing. And they were fantastic. Canned, a little canned uh, green enchilada sauce. 
the crab and a little onion and red pepper and some cheese inside of it. And it's simple, really, really mm. simple. I guess it just it, sort of part of it is what I'm feeling, what I haven't made for a while. Can I do something different? I got some oysters, some something called chocolate oysters that you'll see in the live cast uh, uh, tomorrow. They're just big oysters like this that I was given a whole bunch of. I thought, well, what, can, what the hell can I do with those? And you open them up and, you know, I love eating oysters, but I like the little guys. Like the big ones like that, that's a giant oyster and slurping that mother down. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. So I thought, well, what can I do where I can chop up the oysters a little bit so people can sort of get their head around eating it? I know I'm not selling very many oyster recipes off of the live cast. If I'm just taking a like a fist-sized oyster and trying to get people to suck that thing down raw. So I did kind of a version of uh, Oysters Rockefeller, not Oysters Rockefeller, uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, clams, sorry, I don't mean oysters, I meant clams. Giant, they were big clams, I don't know what I was thinking. So I did like Clams Casino, which has bacon in it and a little Parmesan cheese. Anyway, chopped it all up, cooked it a little bit, put it back in, little Parmesan on top and then under the broiler. Mm. But super delicious. But I guess my point was, you know, I went first to what would be easy and then with a product like a huge clam, I wanted something that people could actually get excited about, and I didn't think they'd get excited about eating the whole clam raw down their throat by right. itself. Right. And that is today's show from April the 8th, 2014. Meathead and Sam, the cooking guy. Head on over to the bbqcentralshow.com and check out this entire show. There is a link in the show notes that will take you there. While you're there, please subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. You will never miss an episode of this show or the big barbecue show again. Thank you so much for checking it out. I appreciate all your support. Until next time on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.